1: Another to, to the top. You're tuned in to The Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. The new First Bank right here on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg is open for business. In case you haven't been by, it's the... Really the prettiest building uh, we've seen some time on Highway 98. So we uh, congratulate First Bank for the opening of their new facility here in Hattiesburg and thank First Bank, as always, for their support of the show. Opening segment of today's program is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Now, the holidays, folks. Just around the corner. I think I just heard JT say 41, 42 days to Christmas. Awesome?
0: Something like that. Uh, what is it? Uh, Sixth day of November. So, yeah, just about a month,
2: go. a little over a month. All right. So, uh, that means uh, you got to do a lot of holiday cooking. Well, you can sit back, relax. And let Dickie's do the holiday cooking. They've got great holiday specials on three different types of turkeys. You can buy a spiral ham already prepared, or you can buy the entire holiday feast at your local Dickie's barbecue here in Hattiesburg, located right by the mall on 15th Street in Laurel and a Dickie's somewhere near you. All right, Dave Ryan from the National Football League Network, the NFL Network, he'll be joining us in the next segment to talk about this weekend's broadcast of the uh, Southern Miss UAB football game. Uh, but our first guest today, Luke, is a, a former center for the Golden Eagles. Austin Quatrochi is from Marietta, Georgia, out of George Walton High School. in Austin, I hope I pronounced your name right. <laughs>
3: hey, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I you guess I'm not right. the first okay. person
2: that's ever asked you that, right?
3: <laughs> no, nope, nope. Uh Unfortunately,
2: not. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, a lot. I can relate. All right, you know I'm anxious to talk to you because uh, you played what I think is the most underrated and overlooked position in football, and that's center. You're the guy that touches the football every single snap. Uh, I watch a lot of a lot of football, a lot of NFL football in particular, and I always see the centers giving directions, setting the team. It's just an awful lot that goes into the position. Am I right?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, – I think people call it, you know, like the secondary quarterback, you
2: know. Right. Well, you you, you had a really good career here. You started out uh, – uh, they redshirted you, then you played a lot of special teams on extra points and field goals, and then you took over the job. Uh, your, your best memories of your college football career, Austin?
3: Um, yeah. So, I mean, that 2011 2011- – season conference championship, you know, bowl game would have to stand out as number one in my mind, right? I mean that was a just a great year, you know, um, you know, really thing you know, really just everything came together for us and um, you know, was able to win twelve games, go to Hawaii for a for a week for a bowl game, you know, um you know, we're talking about UAB. there the we lost that game on a Thursday night in in Birmingham to potentially keep us out of a maybe BCS bowl at that time. But um yeah, I mean, I would say that 2011 season
1: was, uh, was great for us.
2: Interesting you bring that game up, Austin. Going into that game, did Larry Fedora talk to the team about what winning the game could result in, uh, like you mentioned? Uh, all indications were if the Golden Eagles had won that and gone on to win the conference, they would have been in a BCS bowl. But did you guys talk about that before the UAB game? Uh,
3: not really. I mean, I think everybody kind of knew the season we were having, Um you know coach fedora always preached you know every game is the most important game and let's let's go into this week 1-0 right or leave the week 1-0 so um you know i think we try not to put any game higher than you know others um but i think we all kind of knew what the uh you know what the stakes were on that thursday night there i remember it was a rainy, rainy night at legion field but um you know, I don't think we knew kind of what, what would have played out after that. I mean, I think after that we ended up beating Memphis pretty well. And then, um, you know, you guys know what happened against against Houston in the conference championship. So, um, you know, I think we all knew, but it was just kind of, you know, expected that we want to go in and win every game. So,
2: Right. Luke?
0: Austin, awesome. Thanks for being on today. Talk, talk a little about that Houston game. A good friend of mine, Jonathan Gary, played up front with you, you know, during uh, – during those games, but you know, as tough as the UAB game went, everybody remembers that Houston game. It goes down in in history as you know, just one of those days where Southern Miss dominated from from the beginning. Did y'all have that kind of swagger going into that game, knowing that you were about to win, or did you just kind of look up in the second quarter and say, "Wow, we're we're totally shellacking Houston in this one"?
3: Yeah, no, I think we were. We felt pretty confident, you know, in the in the locker room leading up to that game. Um, You know, I think, you know, just what the coaches did, the preparation we had leading up, I felt we felt really confident in the game plan, walking into that, you know, into that stadium, into that game, obviously. You know, we didn't need any extra, you know, talk or pep talk to get us excited, right? I mean, if you can't get excited for a conference championship game, then you probably shouldn't be playing football, right? So, um, I think we felt really good walking on the field, and, um, you know, we felt confident in the game plan that the coaches helped us out with, and, um you know we, we were able to execute I think everything really went well for us defense if I remember correctly had a great game they had a couple couple you know key interceptions and um, you know we were able to uh, to do what we needed to do on the offensive side of the ball to get a W
0: I know that game was kind of a culmination, uh, for a lot of things. We'll take you back to another game. I think it was your red shirt freshman year. Um, we were down Virginia and I felt like that was, uh, I, I remember right after the game when we pulled off a come behind win against Virginia in the rock, coach Fedora just, uh, he was really, really, really excited. And I, I felt like that was when people thought, you know, that the teams under Larry Fedora could, could compete nationally. What do you remember about that comeback win against Virginia?
3: Yeah, um that was amazing, right? I mean, nobody expected us to really hold, you know, really be competitive I think in that game and we were able to kind of show show some folks that, you know, Southern Miss, you know, under the new regime is uh, you know, we're forced to be reckoned with and I think that really kind of almost springboarded us into kind of the momentum that we took on to the next year I know it's probably not as great of a year but then that than that 2011 season where I feel like we really came into our own. Um, but I think that was really a marquee win, as far as um, turning the corner and you know just kind of making making the nation aware that you know Southern Miss is this is can be can be looked on on the national stage.
2: Hey, no question, Austin. You know, go back to '11. Obviously, was one of the best years uh, with Southern Miss. Fedora's last team, uh, as we've been discussing, wins the wins the conference championship in, in dramatic style, and then the bottom falls out the next year. How, and you know, I think to this day, people still wonder how how did a team with so much talent in 2011 uh, run on such hard times in 2012? What would you say was the reason?
0: Oh
3: man, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, try to forget that one, right? But. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think a lot of it. You know, it was. I mean, it's. It's. You know, you, you gotta. You gotta put blame on everybody. You can't. You can't blame one person. You know. You can't blame the coach. You can't blame a player, right? I think it was um, maybe a little bit of. You know, just. Ah, I mean, it's. It's tough to tell. It just really didn't click for us. I think um, changes were made in in the scheme or you know in, in the preparation that you know that that you know I think. The team just had a trip, some trouble buying into, and um, you know it was just a tough one. You know, it's just one of those things that you know you go from being twelve and two to zero and twelve, and it's it's right. just it's really hard to put a put a put a one yeah. one you know instance on it, right? I mean, a lot of things went wrong, and you know, unfortunately, that's that's kind of what
2: happens. Well, well know, tell me if, the, if this is in any way accurate. I'm trying to put myself in the minds of, of you guys on the team. And you had to be—you had to be saying, "Well, why are we changing everything when it worked so well last year?" It, was that part of it?
3: Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, I you know, I think some things could have been handled differently. You know, when you know, when Coach Fedora, you know, did leave. You know, I you know, I just I, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure what all went into that, but. um you know i think things did change but you know i think that's just kind of part of college football right coaches come uh, and go and i think it's part of the the players you know and the you know the rest of the rest of the supporting staff to ensure that that right. program maintains on the trajectory it is and you know for some reason it, it didn't happen that way and it's you know it is what it is but
0: we wanted Blake Anderson too. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. About thirty seconds. Li- about thirty seconds left. Uh, you as a center, closest. Uh, you know, one of the closest guys to the quarterback. Uh, your time with Austin Davis. Uh, can you just tell us what it was like snapping the ball to him every play?
3: Yeah, awesome. He was actually my roommate as well, so we spent a lot of time together. Um, great guy. Um, him and I still keep in cut, keep in touch. Really, you know, smart guy, knows the game, loves the game, and. Um, was really happy to see some of the success he's had in the nfl and um you know still a great guy just really enjoyed uh really enjoyed playing with him was, was a heck of a leader
2: hey man we appreciate your time we're real quick where are you what you doing awesome uh
3: yeah so i'm living in atlanta uh, i'm working for a financial technology company out here in atlanta so um you know good deal living the uh, living the corporate life
2: All right, awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. Great conversation, man, and uh, we appreciate everything you've done for Southern Miss. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Thanks for having
2: me on. All right, great conversation. Dave Ryan from the NFL Network, he's up next, going to talk about UAB Southern Miss National Broadcast Saturday afternoon.
1: To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Quick reminder, the Eagle Hour will be in Sandersville tomorrow at the Oklahoma Casino Sportsbook. And then Friday at 4th Street Bar and Grill as we uh, do our weekly pre-game uh, broadcast, uh, pre-home game broadcast from 4th Street Bar and Grill. So we look forward to that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere with the holidays just around the corner. It is, of course, time to start thinking about your Christmas shopping list. And if there's a Golden Eagle on your list, you live here in South Mississippi, you got to go by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. If you're listening in other parts of Mississippi today, and we're glad you are, uh, you can go to CampusBookmart.net. Southern Miss UAB, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 broadcasted nationally on the NFL Network. And the man doing the play-by-play is uh, back on the Eagle Hour, Dave Ryan. And Dave, glad to have you back on the show.
1: How's it going, guys? What's happening in Mississippi these
2: days? Well, great. The weather's beautiful. Uh, We're expecting (laughs) a lot of good weather for the weekend. And, uh, you know, first of all, I want to say before we get started – I've seen a lot of the Conference USA games on your network. You guys are doing mm-hmm. a fantastic job, and uh, oh, thank you! I think it's the best thing that's happened to Conference USA, Dave. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's without question great. I think for both sides. You know, my first involvement with the NFL Network uh, after 13 years with the SDN and 11 with CBS, and um, we in fact, did a CBS game last night. We did no action. We did Toledo uh, Kent State last night. It was about 20 degrees up there, so I'm glad to be going to Hattiesburg where it's nice and warm this weekend. Um, <laughs> And it's just such a fun time of the year uh, for college football. But, you know, the Con- Conference USA, and I've been on your show before and been to Hattiesburg many times, and before the American Conference uh, took a lot of teams and before uh, so many programs that relocate and, and reform themselves, um, it's great to see what the conference is developing into now, the 14-team league and a full national platform for exposure, um, it's definitely trending up. It's it's really great for, for all sides. And, and I know from our standpoint, from from the announcers and producers, everyone's just so excited. We had a, a fun game to do with Mason Fine last week with seven touchdowns. He almost broke Keenum's record. I think if Seth Luttrell left him in a longer, he might have broken the all-time single-game conference just a touchdown pass record at nine. But they called the dogs off in the minors. And and the week before that, I got to call Middle Tennessee in a fun game with FIU in the rain and wind up. And Murphy's bro. So great exposure for the league. Great for us to call these games. Uh, it's a win all the, all the way around.
2: Good deal. Well, you're calling the game this weekend between two teams that butt heads in a lot of sports. Uh, early on in this series, Southern Miss dominated the series. I think they won nine consecutive games. But UAB has turned it around, won seven of the last eight games. And I'll tell Mm -hmm. you, Southern Miss people see UAB as their nemesis. It's just there have been so many heartbreaking losses to UAB in a number a number of different sports. What do you expect to see this Saturday, Dave?
1: Well, it's kind of been circling on my calendar since I got the assignment, guys, to be honest with you. uh, you know, and I love all college football games are different. Uh, everything uh, about college football is, is is about a surprise and about something you're not expecting. There's some play, something will happen, maybe two or three uh, plays or instances in a game that you're not expecting. That's what makes college football so great. So in terms of this one, I, I, I see it as being a championship-level game because of the overtime last year and the close games you talked about when these – Two programs have gone head to head. You can read some of the quotes from the kids in the press conference this week, and, uh, and we'll meet with Coach Hobson and his staff on Friday, and, and Coach Clark and his staff. Uh, I think they're staying up in Gulfport on on Friday as well. Uh, after we meet with uh, the Southern Miss guys, uh, and we'll get a better feeling when we talk to players and coaches in person. But reading quotes and get kind of diving into this game from my prep standpoint, uh, you can tell there are a lot of there are a lot of kids on each side who will play probably junior college together or high school football together. Uh, a lot of the Alabama-Mississippi rivalry uh, from either high school to Juco to college. So I think that's got sort of in, weaved into the rivalry, which makes it sort of a regional game, which makes it even more important uh, for the kids and the fans. And then, of course, look at the standings and, and Conference USA West and how close they are. These teams chase Louisiana Tech at 3-1 and one each. So to me, it's this sort of playoff-level game. Uh, where if you're thinking of catching Tech and Coach holes, you, you better win this one. <laughs> it's important. Well. Last month of the year, UAB's got four games. It's all within Conference USA West. Uh, and what a way to finish the year off. So I'm, I'm just so pumped for this game. I think I think it'll be a, a kind of a slugfest based on, you know, it's not going to be an explosive game based on the good defense each side plays. Uh, it's going to be who can establish the run. And neither team runs the football particularly well. UAB's defense is locked down. They are tremendous against the run. So, Who's going to establish it the ground game? Who's going to be able to get some explosives? Who causes the turnovers? You know, it's, it's any time you get a great rival like that, it comes down to a couple plays on each side. And maybe, maybe becoming better at what you're normally not so good at. In this game, to, to me, it's, it's all about the run game. Who establishes it? Who outrushes the other team, controls the clock, and, and probably wins the game?
2: All right, Luke.
0: Dave, thanks for being on today. It's Spencer Brown. We talked to David Crane yesterday. Spencer Brown's back for uh, for UAB, and so Southern Miss uh, needs to focus in on him. He really had not been himself uh, this whole year, but he's always capable of something. And you guys, I know you hadn't sit down yet, but what's your thoughts about the, the UAB quarterback situation uh, with Dylan Hopkins maybe probably having to play because Tyler Johnson was knocked out against Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what I'm hearing. And again, I'm I'm just diving into my prep bowl on this game and getting going on it. But I know that uh, the QB situation is a big question mark, and it's always interesting when you when you have a quarterback situation with your head coach. What are they going to say? What's Coach Clark going to say about it? Will he come out and say that it's Hopkins Johnson the third? Is it somebody else? <laughs> I mean, that that to me is always so fascinating with the, the chess match display with head coaches and not releasing really who the quarterback might or might not be. Um, it's tricky. I mean, that, at this point of the year. You know, it, I'm, Conference USA needs, needs UAB Tennessee, I understand. I've never been a big fan of playing as a 5 or an FCS program of any out-of-conference games once the month of November starts. Those games are hard. Uh, coming off a bye or not, playing on the road in an SEC team and Tennessee is much improved, they're getting better as the season goes on. Uh, those, those are tough games physically to play. And to ask UAB to go to Tennessee and then play on the road at Southern Miss is a lot. Uh, I know it's a money game. I know it's great for the program for, for, UAB to, to do that and get paid. But, uh, boy, in the end, that's, it's awfully tough physically on you. And it creates situations when you need to win the game the most in November. Uh, the league games now, now you've got a question mark at quarterback. That's about the last thing I'm sure UAB wanted to face right now.
0: On the Southern Miss side, Jack Abraham, uh, he was top five in, in the country until about uh, two games ago, and he's, he's one touchdown, five interceptions the last uh, two games. Um, Southern Miss fans, uh, because this offense has struggled to run the football, Southern Miss fans are accustomed to seeing a pass uh, first, uh, run second offense. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that kind of your thoughts going in and attacking UAB first downfield?
1: Yeah, exactly. When I was looking and starting to kind of look at the stats and prep for this game a little bit, especially covering Conference USA, we had a couple of Facebook games on CBS with Conference USA as well uh, with Houston, North Texas, and we had uh, Marshall, Middle Tennessee. So you really are getting into the league and looking at stats and numbers. And uh, I was so excited to watch Jack play, and I know the numbers have dropped off a little bit. He's still one of the top quarterbacks, uh, not only in the conference, but, but, but nationally as well. Um, it's it's going to take balance. It's going to take really good decision making from him because UAP is going to come after him uh, as they as they should in a game like this. They're going to heat him up. They're going to blitz him a lot. Throw a lot of different looks at him. Uh, a lot of changes probably that they haven't shown on film to to try to mess with Jack a in a game like this. But look, he's a redshirt junior, experienced quarterback, done a lot in this college, won a lot of games for some minutes. I'm sure that you're going to get the best of everyone in a game like this. I mean, I think that's why I'm so excited to be down in Hasburg for this one because of of what it means, significance. I mean, now we're in mid-November, uh, and every game matters so much in conference play. I would imagine he'll play his best game of the year.
2: Hmm. Uh, Dave, what's the experience been like uh, traveling around Conference USA? What, what kind of performance have you seen from teams that sticks out in your mind?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. i us start with you, Taffy. I know they haven't had the most success this season, and, and the reason I bring it up is because we spoke with Dan and Demo last week at their hotel in, in Denton, and the attitude, I'm sure you guys know, Coach, uh, I've known him from his, his prior days as coordinator working at K-State and head coach uh, way back um, at Houston and Wyoming. Um, you talk about a great attitude <laughs> for, for a guy who's trying to rebuild a culture there and win at UTEP. It's not easy to do. I think they've now lost, uh, I think they're now 2-30 and 30 in their last 32, if I have that right. That, that's a lot to overcome. Uh, and I just love the attitude of the players, and I love the attitude of Coach Dimmel and his coordinators. Look, this is going to be a long rebuild, and we're in, we're in for the long haul. He's got the supporting administration. So kind of keep your eye on UTEP in the future. Um, for this year, my the best player interview I had by far was Mason Fine at North Texas. I mean, you talk about an incredible young man of, of Cherokee heritage, who one day might be the chief of the entire Cherokee Nation. Um, <laughs> no FBS offers coming out of, out of high school. You know, two-time high school player here in Oklahoma, no offers. Uh, five foot ten, maybe. Threw seven touchdowns last week. Could have thrown a lot more. Uh, just a tremendous leader. And Seth Littrell believes that he'll be uh, a quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to start, but he'll be he'll be either holding the clipboard or playing. in the way the NFL goes with injured quarterbacks, he could be a, a starter one day for a long time. Like great teammate, tremendous guy, uh, and a super smart guy. Um, in terms of other teams we saw, Middle Tennessee. I, I, I love watching some of their players, uh, especially on defense. Um, uh, Rick Stockstill, it's been a bit of a struggle there coming off their East Championship a year ago, but I, I love his plan and I love kind of what they've done there long term. And the other guy, of course, is Doc Holliday at Marshall. We've covered him uh, early this year in a loss at Murfreesboro. And uh, you talk about absolute steady, bowl eligible again, 4 and 1 in the league, leading the East. I mean, that, that was probably a, a, the biggest surprise to me. Uh, and I just love the consistency he's put together in Huntington over the years. So we've seen a little smattering of the league. That's kind of that's kind of a wide. We saw it by YouTube. They just got absolutely pummeled at, at Middle Tennessee that day in the wind and rain in Murfreesboro. But uh, it was a pleasure to meet Butch. i never met him in person, no. uh, and a chance to talk to Coach Davis and kind of, you know, kind of have him bend our ear about about the long-term uh, success of their, their program and outlook there. Some great coaches, and I think really, guys, to me, it always has been a very underrated league, and maybe even more so this year. Wow. Uh,
2: in, in in the FBI. All right, Dave. Well, listen, man, we thank you very much and uh, hope you enjoy your trip here to Hattiesburg. I can't wait to be down. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Dave Ryan, everybody, NFL Network. Eagle Hour continues right after this.
1: The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Back on a Wednesday, thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour today. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And beautiful downtown Laurel, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They have a lunch special every day. You can check them out on Facebook, find out what the daily special is. We will be live at 4th Street Bar and Grill this coming Friday as we get ready to countdown to kickoff between the Golden Eagles and the UAB Blazers. We appreciate everybody over at 4th Street, and uh, you should uh, drop by there and get some great food. Also, well, Golden Eagles uh, in basketball last night. They were uh, technically, uh, although they won an exhibition, uh, hadn't got their first win of the season. That changed last night. Golden Eagles one and zero on a ninety to seventy one victory over Delta State, and so Jay Ladner with his official opening victory. And uh, we should say every time that happens, Bob, mm-hmm. um, we should note. That every time a Southern Miss coach gets their first win, they technically have more career wins than Ellis Johnson ever had at the <laughs> University of Southern Mississippi. So, congratulations to Jay Ladner. But it was yes. it was exciting last night, and really uh, the name that jumps up, Bob and uh, Jack Domney, He's he's uh, from London, England. He's the second year of the program. He scored twenty. or he scored thirty points last season total? Last night, twenty nine points. 10 rebounds, five of seven at the foul line. And, uh, it's always good. It's been a while since we've had a big man who's, uh, led us in scoring and, uh, he's, he's down low. And so 29 points last night against Delta State. Great performance.
2: Good for him. New uniforms, too. I noticed, uh, I liked them, too. I thought they looked very good. Uh, they were the throwback whites, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That was kind were. of
0: like a reminiscent for Coach Ladner. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, can, what, what can you take out of beating a division two team, Luke?
0: Well, uh, at least you 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 know you, you play better than you did against Mississippi College. Mm-hmm. You know, Ladner uh, Patrick McGee's got an article up on the Bluff Sun Herald, and and one of the things Coach Ladner said he he was trying to find uh, some some reasons to gripe, and he was he was thankful uh, they shot the ball really well. You look at what they did last night; shot sixty six percent in the first half, shot forty eight percent in the second half. So on the night, I mean, you shoot fifty seven point six from the field. That's that's mm-hmm. that's good. Um, 36 behind the arc, um, free throws, 10 of 15, you know, only 66%, but a little better than, than what we were last year. I- I think as you look at the schedule, what they're trying to do is just to, to gel, take these first four games right. before you start playing some of the best teams in the country. So it's just an opportunity. I think they cleaned some stuff up last night and, and gelled better as a unit.
2: Right. And I don't want to overlook the fact Delta State is a very good program in Division Two. All their athletic programs are, are always well coached and very good. So that's not in any way a slight against Delta State. Uh, they play South Alabama. Uh, This Saturday, and it's it's not too long down the road that uh, Murder's Row begins, Uh, you know, when you're playing Iowa State and Gonzaga. uh, the, (laughs) The competition level jumps a bit, don't you think, Luke?
0: Well don't forget November twenty fourth, William Carey's there. Gotta avenge that right. loss from last year. So William Carey right in the middle of the Murders Road too. Yeah, but I mean you look at what they got. They're they're on the road the next three games at South Alabama, at North Florida, and then uh, you play that pregame for Battle for Atlantis. It's not it's not in the Bahamas, it's actually it's in Ames, Iowa, but it it's uh, teams that are part of that tournament. So yeah, uh, hopefully you can go three and oh um, and you'll see a little better what you got against South Alabama. I think we actually uh, lost. Uh, I, I can't remember if we played North Florida last year, but I think we lost to them. Uh, but then, yeah, and and when you get into Iowa State, Gonzaga, and if you, uh, whoever you you whatever happens in that first game down in the Bahamas, you either play Oregon or Seton Hall in the second round. Man, you're just looking to give some some kids some experience. I, I brought this up yesterday. Um, and I don't think you'd heard the stat from me yet. Southern Miss is tied for fifth in the country with newcomers on the team, 11. We have 11 new guys that were not not part of the program last year. So it just it's going to take time for those guys to gel, uh, not only in practice but in real-life game situations. So you put them out there against competition, and, and you see what happens. Yep,
2: good start last night uh, for sure. All right, now we have a football game Saturday, Luke, 2.30. Uh, By the way, I want to remind everybody, too, that we will be – we will be tailgating again uh, with our good friends at Keith Superstores, uh, Papa John's Pizza, Hooters, Coca-Cola, uh, a couple other people, uh, New York Life Insurance, uh, and uh, we'll be right behind Southern Hall. We're going to bring a bunch of Southern Miss and Eagle Hour swag to the remote Uh, All you got to do, if you want something, just come by the tent, pick out what you like, and it's yours for the taking. Uh, We'll have food for all veterans and their families, and uh, we hope to have a big turnout. Uh, I don't know the exact time it's going to start. I'm going to check on that uh, after the show, and uh, we can uh, announce that tomorrow. But do want to invite everybody to come by and uh, say hello to us uh, behind Southern Hall Saturday and we're really privileged to be a part of this and it's all it's all aimed for veterans and their families and uh, anytime we can be a part of that we want to be. All right, now here's my complaint, Luke Johnson. I heard this last night at the gym and I heard this this morning in the radio station. And this is without a doubt for me my biggest pet peeve about Southern Miss people. I have heard two people, Southern Miss graduates, say, well, I don't think I'm going to go to the game Saturday because LSU and Alabama's playing. Who cares? Who cares if LSU and Alabama is playing Luke Johnson when the Golden Eagles are playing a home game against UAB? I just don't. That does not compute in my simple mind.
0: I'm just amazed you're at the gym. I mean, I I couldn't get past that to begin with. So I mean, that's congratulations. No, I, I yeah. need to I need yeah. to be there right there with you. Yeah, I mean, it is it is frustrating, and it it is extremely frustrating. And and part of the reasons you have uh, one of the reasons that Southern Miss you know has had issues with alumni over the years is the stickability of them. And and what I mean by that is, um. You know, I've got family members that graduated from Southern Miss, but they weren't Golden Eagle fans to start with. They went there because that was their, that was their degree program. That was, you know, they were from out of town and they came to this. And whenever they uh, left Southern Miss, they absorbed back into the fan base. That, that, that happens sometimes. And even people that have been Southern Miss fans in theory or in general, um, over the years, uh, sometimes we're the second best show or we're the third best show in town in their mind. And, Usually when you get Southern Miss fans, you get all in or you get flakes. It's hard to really have the the, the lukewarm people in the middle because they really don't exist. So you met two of the Frosted Flakes. I, I'm thankful that I'm gonna be there with a whole bunch of other people. I mean here's the thing. With the plethora of social media available, with cable subscriptions, you know, sit come to the rock, watch a football game, and if you if you want to glance at that one, do it but you need to come fill because here's the thing we got to beat UAB in order to have a chance to win the west and that and and as a former football player one of the most dejecting things in the world is it was dejecting for us to run out to 26,000 and now that would right. be an excellent
2: crowd uh, now you know? they'd be pumped um yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be ecstatic. So, yeah, I mean, it's just part of it. If you're a frosted flake out there, turn your cereal bowl in and, you know, be passionate for the Eagles. You can you can go back and watch that game later on. You can't watch a game live at the Rock ever again after, uh, at, at, you know, right. this game ever again live when it's done. And why do
2: you care? I mean, if, if you didn't go to school, if you don't have any allegiance to one of those programs, why would you care? All right, well, enough of that. That brings me back. You just made me think about something. I remember so many times being at Southern Miss games in the era that you played, uh, after you, before you, uh, but particularly during that era of time. And you're right. I mean, twenty five, twenty six thousand was a was a pretty small crowd. You were pretty disappointed if you had that. And then I would see games, TCU game, Memphis games. You know, some of those games it would really all but fill up the rock and uh, big loud crowds. And the football team seem different. Is it really how important is that to players, Luke? You know I don't.
0: Well I mean sooner or later you've got to, you know, say no matter who's in the stands, it, it doesn't matter. You gotta play. But I mean it, it, if you say it doesn't matter then then you're you're dumb. Uh, I was just thinking through. There was at least one, maybe two, huge crowds every time I played. For instance, uh, my true freshman year, the only game that that I dressed out for um, was a TCU game at the end of the season. It was live on ESPN. You know, the the smallest crowd we had that year was twenty three thousand. The next year, we play Illinois at eleven a.m. and uh, there's more than twenty thousand there. But we had Jackson State. And we had a sellout the week before. Oh three TCU. Oh, by the way, we also had Nebraska that time, too. So we had two sellout crowds on national television um, in, in 03. 04, we had the Houston night Thursday game that went into overtime, and we had uh, Cal that came in with Aaron Rodgers. And my, my, my senior season, most of them were day games, but we had a 31000 or I'm sorry, we had 28000 uh, for homecoming. I think, though, some of it is competition. That, that is, without a doubt, some of it. And when you've been accustomed to playing big boys, um, for years, you know, whenever you've got a lesser teams coming in, that does affect people. But it goes back to what I've always said. You are not there to watch the opposition. You're not there to watch the other team. You're there because Southern Miss is dressing up in the black and gold and you get five or six chances a year and you should take full advantage of it.
2: And UAB is not one of those also-ran teams. UAB is a, is a rival, a 6-2 a and two football team, and a team that's dominated USM in the last six or seven years. So there should be a great crowd Saturday, Luke, and I hope that I'm right about that. Don't you? I'm just glad you're going to be there, Bob. I'll be there, Luke. All right, and we'll be back right after this.
1: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Fourth segment, the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located online GulfportHomeCenter.ms, or go see them in person on Highway 49 in Gulfport. The largest inventory of new and used manufactured housing. Check out Gulfport Home Center for all your home needs. Well, three Lady Eagle soccer players get All Conference: Junior Defender Caitlin Pierce, Junior Midfielder Jenny Caraccio, and Junior Forward Ariel Diaz, all named to the 2019 Conference USA All Conference selections announced yesterday. So, congratulations to that Junior Trio. Ladies' golf finished up, played their final round of the Idle Hour Collegiate, and finished twelfth, and they conclude their. Fall season, they will uh, keep on practicing, and you know, the spring season will kick off February 10th through 11th down in San Marcos, Texas. Lady Eagle basketball team uh, improved to 1-0, and got their first uh, win of the season yesterday against William Carey. 77-47, to Shante Hales and Respect Leapart uh, combined to pace the, the Lady Eagle offense uh, with 33 points. So uh, congratulations to Coach McNellis um, getting uh, the first win of the season, and we should also mention again in case you missed it, uh, the men win last night. Uh, Jay Ladder gets his first official win, 90-71 to over Delta State. Uh, Bob and Jack Donny, 29 points, 10 rebounds, and Southern Miss improves to 1-0. They will uh, travel down to Mobile on Saturday for a 7 p.m. tip against South Alabama. Bob, we were talking about this, um, and, and it'll be good to get – uh, Coach Barry, somebody else uh, from baseball, people can go online, just on social media, or you can go to southernmiss.com, and you can see the work uh, as they are putting synth- synthetic turf down at the peat. But you were talking about, man, just tearing up the old grass, tearing up uh, that dirt. It's a lot going on out there.
2: Oh, no kidding. I was out there Monday afternoon. It's a huge endeavor. I mean, they were just hauling truckload after truckload after truckload of dirt out of the facility. They were pulling up all the, the drains that were beneath the uh, you know the old field, uh, it's a huge job, and uh, you know I, I can see why it'll take three or four months. But I will tell you this, I'm told that it's the same company that put down the turf at the University of Tennessee. I think I'm right about that. Uh, and if you look at some pictures of their baseball field, it looks spectacular. And Coach Barry uh, indicated that our field is going to look. And he said this to us while you were gone, Luke. He said. Our field, every day, all the markings will be exactly the same as they have traditionally been. Every time you come to the peat, it'll look like the field normally looks on the first day of opening season when it's just perfect, and it'll be that way every day. And I'm glad for a couple of reasons. I know how much money they lost last year with rained out and rescheduled weekend series. And I think people lose sight of the the man hours that go into keeping that baseball field up, and uh, how much uh, less less man hours it'll take, and how much time Coach Barry will have to do other things, Luke, besides cut grass and, and manicure infield. So, very happy for him. Uh, if you haven't been by, I would suggest you stop by and take a look. It's an amazing thing uh, to watch. You, I guess, would it just it was hard to believe how much dirt they were sh- they were pushing up with bulldozers and haul it away in dump trucks. But, uh, boy, it's exciting, and uh, I can't wait to see it. I know you feel the same way.
0: Yeah, this is the second week. It's going to take about ten weeks to complete the project. You were talking about some of the other schools that have done that. Our field's going to be similar to programs like Houston, Louisville, Oregon State, Tennessee, Texas, Texas Tech, and and Washington. One of the things I like about it is um, when they lay it down, it's going to be striped. And so it's going to, you know, you talked about it looking like opening day. It's going to be really, really, it's going to look really good. And one, one of the things I didn't, I didn't think about that was brought up, there's an article on southernmiss.com to, for, for uh, any of our listeners that want to go check it out, too. You know, you think about uh, the NCAA um, limiting recruiting. Well, there's a way to have uh, official visits and stuff. But, but you think about it, if, if you have turf, you can naturally host more tournaments, you can host more events, and which is naturally going to get people, uh, more people on your campus. So this turf is going to, in a lot of ways, contribute to the unofficial recruiting of Southern Miss. Totally legal, totally good. Um, it's going to be a, a way for us to draw a lot more people than what we could because the field, I think Coach Berry told us last time we had him on, there can be a downpour and, and ten minutes later, Rock and roll. You know, right. we're ready to go. So just to put it in perspective, your outfield should be replaced every 10 to 15 years. Our outfield has not been touched in 26 years. Hmm. Just wow. shows you how badly needed it, a project like this has has uh, right.
2: needed to happen. Very exciting for Southern Miss baseball. And we love Southern Miss baseball around here, so we're very excited about that. All right, I want to remind everybody before we run out of time, once again, we will be Uh, Set up behind Southern Hall, along with our friends from uh, Key Superstores, Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's, Hooters. Hooters, uh, Coca-Cola, New York Life, Veterans uh, Remote. Uh, It's going to be Veterans Appreciation Day at the ball field, so hopefully we'll have a lot of veterans. Also, want to invite any first responder, police officers, firemen, sheriff's deputies, obviously, EMTs. You bring your families by. We'll be happy to give you some Hooters wings and some good Papa John's pieces, some cold drinks, and uh, we'll love to meet you. All right, hey Bob, yes, hey Bob, yes. A 100 days until baseball season. There we go. Now now we're talking, Luke. Now we're talking. Dropping into double digits here <laughs> in just a few hours. All right. Bocoma Casino tomorrow on Sandersville, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Friday, Eagle Hour on the road. We hope you'll join us tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. She's to in the, the top. the top. i to fly like an eagle to the sea.